I, I had this idea of like whatever annual parades we have, we should have a shame float. Oh, I love it. I was thinking about like the walk of shame for game, from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Now that's like a little extreme. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to throw shit at people. Yeah, they don't yeah, need to be yeah. Naked. Yeah, they don't need to be naked. It doesn't need to be like like have this all this weird like biblical stuff tied into it. Just a shame float. Yeah, that would make parades so much better. Yeah, in the long run, I think if we just had everyone would wait for that parade. Like, like you know, no one cares about your car dealership parade. No yeah. one cares about the high school cheerleading team. <laughs> I want to see the shame flow and that's the one we spend the most money on. We make it extravagant. And then like, I don't know, maybe you have a theme. You can, you can theme the shame flow. You can, they can all be in costumes yeah. that are all, you know, that, uh, abide with the theme and maybe we throw water balloons something harmless. Yeah. You know, soft fruit, so- <laughs> <laughs> maybe not soft fruit. We do water balloons. It's a, it's a summer thing. It's a summer event. This is the Holy Hive Show, an ongoing observation of current events in Utah. I'm Jordan Delacruz here with Dan Lawler. Dan, happy Memorial Day weekend. Happy Memorial Day weekend indeed. I, I'm. It's going to be one for the memories. <laughs> the memories? What are you going to memorialize this weekend? Um, hopefully I'm going to do a hike or two. I'm going to go down to Helper, Utah. Yeah. Good old mining town turned art town i don't know honestly anything. yeah i haven't been down there in forever but last time i was there it seems like it was headed that in that direction i've only been there to stop for snacks on the way to moab yeah, me too. so yeah i mean we'll yeah. see it seems like we've got we've got an airbnb we've got a couple of hikes picked out um and and we're excited so yeah i i think i think we need to spend more time in our i mean as spencer cox would argue that our rural towns rural yeah, we need to, I think, and honestly, I think small town hangs are underrated a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, they have a bowling alley that looks pretty nice and run down, yeah. which is like, you know, a perfect that's, bowling alley. That's the best. I'm I'm so more inclined to go to that type of bowling alley rather than like the galactic yeah. arcade bowling the, type place. The fat cats. Yeah, exactly. Like I want, I, I want to go to a place where they're like, we got Coors and Miller Genuine Draft and yeah. that's it. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> Annie sent me the pricing earlier. It's two dollar rent shoe rental, four dollar game. Hell like, yeah, that's awesome. Why would yeah I yeah? Not? Fat Cats is way expensive. Yeah, I mean, in, Fat Cats. If you are listening, I live four five houses away oh, that's from right, you. Yeah. If you want to just you know hook it up, I'm happy to bowl there. Give you, <laughs> He'll give you a podcast plug. Give you nice words. Um, I th- this is one thing. This isn't in the prep, but it made me think about this uh, because uh, Ryan and I have talked about this where activities that are kind of broken now because of COVID and all that and like the new habits regarding germs. Yeah. And I think what we landed on was that bowling isn't out of the question. Like we could still, and we don't necessarily need to get our own balls or shoes or anything like that. Like we could probably still handle, you know, using the public balls Mm -hmm. and using public shoes, but definitely finger foods at the lane is kind of over for me. It feels that way for me too. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of struggled with that pre-pandemic. Like I was yeah. very, well, mostly because it greases your fingers up and then you might lose the ball. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a real problem. That's a violation in some bowling leagues. Absolutely. <laughs> um, greasing the ball. But uh, yeah, no, that, yeah. The idea of like eating cheese fries yeah. after using a public bowling ball is probably just over at this point. I, I agree. I mean, unless yeah. you're just like dumping hand sanitizer on yourself. Yeah. But. Which is probably what you have to do. But now, now it's time to like separate t- the uh, eating, you know, play a game, go have like a beer or you can drink, drink while you're doing it. Yeah. But go, go have your cheese fries in the cafe and then come back. Yep. Yeah. Um, which sucks too, because, uh, well, while I was in Seattle, we went to like a really cool bowling alley that mm-hmm. was like a, like a hybrid bar bowling oh, alley type place. Fun. Yeah. It was way fun. Um, 
but you know, a lot of that is because like a lot of their, their business model is concessions. Yeah. And now that's kind of, it's kind of weird. I will say I've never been to a bowling alley that made bad wings. Like it's true. Wings hit yeah. different at a bowling alley. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll see, maybe yeah. I'm weak and I'll start eating, eating wings right away. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where the hunger strikes. Sometimes like the best fries are like tater tots mm-hmm. are just like, it's like at a bowling alley yep. somewhere. Um, what was that? What was that crappy bar in the bowling alley that we used to go to? The Kegler. The Kegler in yeah, North dude. Salt Lake. <laughs> that place was awesome. Guess what it is. What is it? It's apartment buildings now. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Huh, go figure. <laughs> yeah. That was the best place to like, just have some, like a pitcher of cheap beer and listen to some really, really bad karaoke. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. Uh, also speaking of, uh, social gatherings, we went to, uh, the first NBA playoff game this last weekend. We did. So the NBA playoffs are underway. Uh, if you don't follow sports and the jazz are tied in their first series against Mem- the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, last weekend, Dan pointed out how cheap game one nosebleeds were. Oh yeah. Brought, brought it to, uh, to my attention. We were like, let's get a posse together and go to the game. So we went. Energy was really good. Yeah. We, and we had a true posse too. Yeah, we had 10, we were, 10 people. Fill the whole row. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a blast. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big standing room guy. So, yeah. So that was really fun. Like you don't even notice the standing, especially no. in the playoffs. Like when I went in April and, and saw the Bulls play, I sat down most of the game because it's yeah. like an early April game that doesn't mean much of anything. So, uh-huh. but like playoff time, I know 40 it's rowdy the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for that, and 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 you and you pointed out that might have been because it was a Sunday game, and which yeah. is a rare occurrence it for is. the Utah Jazz. I I could be completely mis misspeaking here, but I uh-huh. think that the Jazz actually have like some form of agreement with the NBA yeah. where they don't play home games on Sundays, but like that's out of the window in the playoffs. Because yeah, I know yeah. if it gets to like game six, I think mm-hmm. the that game will be on a Sunday in Utah. No, it might be game seven. I yeah. don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I know that there is another scheduled game. Yeah on a Sunday. So, but yeah, it was a good time. I was, it was rowdy. Yeah. Rowdy. Yeah. Like, and, and honestly, so going back to the standing room thing and mm-hmm. that, like when I say nosebleeds, it is the tip top corner of the stadium, yeah. like the very top. And the first, I think it was like five rows that are just mm-hmm. like, uh, like chest height bars, you know? Yeah. And I honestly think for, if you're going to be in the upper bowl, that experience is way better than a seat. Oh, I 100% like, agree. I think if you're that high up and you're at that vantage point and you're on a seat, you constantly have to be on your elbows, mm-hmm. you know, to get to a comfortable viewing space. And it's just kind of weird. Like, I really do love the standing. Yeah, and I do too. They didn't have the concessions open, but typically standing mm-hmm. room has their own kind of like bar, bar, just yeah. like five feet away from you. You don't have to wait in line mm-hmm. for your $10 beer. You can yeah. just go right up and You get can literally it. keep watching the game, Yeah, you know, as you're waiting for them to pour. And they also like, I mean, obviously it was like a little bit, it was like an abbreviated experience because mm-hmm. of covid and they're still kind of working on that that full opening but uh they have like foosball tables yeah and uh like uh like shooting arcade things mm-hmm. and, and like they, they they're trying to like foster some activities up there which is yeah. really cool so yeah i like i really do like if you you could do a lot worse than standing room at a jazz game and uh yeah just the playoff energy was awesome i i was kind of like I didn't realize it until I was da- driving downtown. First of all, it was like Sunday night. We had like a huge rainstorm. Yeah, it was a, an event. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the the rainstorm in it is, of itself was a huge event. And getting downtown and everyone, it's, it, it felt like everyone's first time back at dealing with like event traffic, and uh, throwing a rainstorm. It was just chaos. Like getting into the gateway. Yeah, um, which is where we parked. But like, uh, I was as I got 
to that point where I was like uh, in a crowd of cars, I started to get this feeling like, oh man, like this is the first mass event that I've Mm -hmm. been to since we went into lockdown last March. And like, we've done like a couple like movies, but a lot of the times it's just us, like our friends and stuff. And we've gone to some like, you know, patios and, and, and even like restaurants that are still like a little, like, like a, like the capacity is lowered a little bit. Yeah. Not in a stadium full of no. people. And I was actually surprised at how comfortable I was. I didn't think about it. I thought I was going to be pretty yeah. nervous about it. And I didn't really think about it much. I, yeah. you know, just kept, and I think you're still supposed to wear a mask, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept putting my mask up even on accident, just mm-hmm. out of habit. Like not as if I would have be like actively defying their orders or anything, but yeah. I was just like noticing myself just putting my mask back on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I had a great time. I mean, they yeah. ended up losing, and that was definitely a bummer. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, and actually, so my partner, who's not at all a sports fan, let alone like an NBA fan, mm-hmm. came and I mean, by the end of the fourth quarter, it was a pretty close game, and. <laughs> Like she was way, she was engaged. Mm-hmm. She was jumping up and down. And it was funny. I was like, hey, like, hey, you're having fun. You want me to get the games at home when they're like away? And she's like, I don't know. It's kind of the live experience. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> if you have a hundred, like what, I think it was like 13,000 people in there. If you got mm-hmm. 13,000 people screaming, it's hard not to. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. And shout out to T-Pain who was there. Shout the out to T-Pain. With his Louis Vuitton Sub-Zero mask. Yeah. 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 <laughs> always, always making a scene. And for some reason, like, it's so fun. I don't, I don't know if he's a jazz fan. Or why he was in attendance. Maybe he was just like, I want to go to a playoff game. But um, it's it's funny. I like to think that T Pain supporting us. Mm-hmm. That we have we have T Pain in our in our fandom because I like the uh, the idea of him being in our celebrity fandom along with John Cleese, which is also yeah. just like the most random celebrity fan the Jazz could have. Yeah, the John Cleese stuff. It, it is quite hilarious. And it's like an ongoing saga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that dude never has to pay for a Jazz ticket. Like no. everyone loves him. Uh, and then, so that was game one on Sunday. They lost game two was last night and, uh, jazz beat the Grizzlies one forty one to one twenty nine. Donovan Mitchell was back, which a lot of people kind of blamed that first game on his absence. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of his showing last night? I thought it was great. Uh, it was, ex- he, he hit like his first two threes. The first one didn't count. It was kind of after the whistle. Yeah. But it was, it was then, funny. It was like, here's an appetizer. Yeah. And then the <laughs> next one did count. And then the third one didn't count and then did count. Like I thought he came in real hot. I yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> he he kind of cooled off in the third quarter, but um, yeah, I mean, just that energy was great. You yeah. know, he, he, he makes like Dylan Brooks, who is, who is uh, one of the opposing players on, on the Grizzlies. Like he, he changes Dylan Brooks game. Because just by his yeah, yeah. by virtue of being on the court, he's a force. Like he, yeah, he's got a because yeah. he he just has to account for Donovan Mitchell all the time mm-hmm. instead of you know no offense to Joe Ingles but he doesn't move the same as Donovan yeah, yeah, Mitchell yeah. so yeah and doesn't put the same kind of pressure on the other team um, so like I I'm I'm not totally in tune with all the other teams in the NBA I don't follow mm-hmm. it that closely it's mostly just like the Jazz and the Western but uh, do you think the like playoffs are just chaotic enough that the Jazz have a pretty good chance of like being successful. It depends on what Jazz team like decides mm-hmm. to to kind of show up. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that like the Jazz ha- can beat anyone, and they have beat anyone this yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they ever beat the Suns, so that's probably a tough matchup for them if they end yeah, up yeah. facing the Suns in like the Western Conference Finals. But like the West is pretty open. I mean, the Lakers don't look that great. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clippers look like they're about to be bounced by the Mavericks. So I mean, like. 
yeah, all things considered, I think the Jazz have a chance to to you know make it to the finals. And if yeah. you make it to the finals, you can absolutely win them. So yeah, that would just be in, in, insane. Like the the first year in like a new ownership, which also like <laughs> from his perspective, from Ryan Smith's perspective, coming in and buying the team and then just winning a title at the yeah. end of the first season would be insane. Peaking early. Yeah. Peaking early. <laughs> yeah. Way too early. Um, um, and I know that this weekend, so what game three is on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they're, they're doing like a viewing inside Vivint smart home. Yeah. Arena where they're going to show the, uh, the game for free on the big screen. I actually kind of want to go to that. I think you I'm should. Like, you're going to be a helper, but yeah, I'll I'm, be a helper. I'm looking for stuff to do. I'm gonna go check that out. Um, but yeah, pretty fun. So let's uh, let's read some local news. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, first in the news, this one comes from Sarah. Is it Tabin? Tabin. We should have a whole segment where we just try to pronounce journalists' names. Absolutely. I'm going to say Sarah Tabin. Let's do it. She writes for the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, this week, two men uh, who held a Halloween party, we, who, who might have covered during Halloween when we were talking about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, they threw a huge party uh, down in Utah County, catering to thousands of people last October, pretty much at like the height of the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, a lot of health officials were considering it like a super spreader event. Um, and this week, they just reached a plea deal with the Utah County Justice Court. Uh, the owners of the event group, uh, the tribe, the tribe Utah, will have to pay uh, $500 in fines, uh, keep their ad- addresses up to date with the Justice Court, and write letters of apology. This plea deal comes along with fines previously issued by the Utah County Health Department that totaled over $76,000. Uh, since those fines were issued, they opened up a, Go- a GoFundMe account that has raised about $5,000. Yeah, and, none, <laughs> and no dollars in the last month. I've, no I've dollars, noticed. yeah, it's been quiet for the last month. I thought about, and I didn't do it because it just uh-huh. seemed needless, but like I thought about donating $5 just so I could type, ha, 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 just over and over. Just so you could leave like a nice message. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- I think the, the the funny part about this, like I'm, I'm wondering if like is $500 for that type of uh, – that the, the I mean it's like a really weird rare circumstance. So like yeah. how do you how do you punish something like that when it's like unprecedented? Mm-hmm. That might be the first time that crime has ever been committed in Utah, you know? Um but five hundred dollars seems low, but I'm assuming it's because they already know the amount of money that they're probably yeah. uh accountable for from the Utah Health Department. Um but the public apology thing, the writing a letter of apology thing seems kind of weird. <laughs> it's all kind of weird. First yeah. of all, I love that these dudes are basically like the living embodiment of the fuck around and find out meme. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like they fucked around and they found they out. They found out. Because <laughs> um, they just will, were willfully like, oh, no, we don't give a fuck. We're yeah, going to yeah. do this anyway. Yeah. And, and the fact that their entrepreneur, entrepreneurial – oof spirit yeah, got yeah. like that like if they didn't present yeah, yeah. it as like a business like that's what's getting fined here is their yeah, yeah, business yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like good job i guess yeah um but yeah i mean like it's all weird because they don't their plea of no contest means that they don't have they don't like admit any actual guilt yeah yeah so but apologizing is admitting guilt yeah so it's all kind of backwards it's that's yeah. one of those strange things about our uh, criminal justice system is yeah. I plead no contest, which means that yeah. I'm not guilty, but you can punish me however you see fit, which is yeah. kind of what happens when you're guilty. It's very strange. And I wonder if since it's like a, a written apology, if they could just like write some coded message in there <laughs> yeah. that like the, you know, the, the justice court can't legally do anything about. They're like, well, they did it. You know, yeah. it's not like one of those situations where like, you know. Someone's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, you got to mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I don't know how the justice court deals with apologies like that. Um, I, 
I was thinking about this. I'm like, this, this is actually, first of all, just like the idea of a written apology. I don't like, because I think like a good apology needs to be like telecast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to see it in your eyes. Exactly. I mean, now we've all <laughs> at this point, you know, we're all very familiar with the iPhone screenshot of your notes, you know, apology. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, it's basically like an oops, I fucked up Mad Lib. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just fill in the blanks. But yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. Give me, give me a, give me a televised apology. Dang. That just, that gave me an idea. I think we're, that'd be cool to start a subscription service. Like it's like a PR subscription service mm-hmm. and we sell templates for public apologies. Oh, I love it. That we pre-write and you can just like fill in the blanks. I'm educating myself. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I've learned over the days how, how my words had. Yeah. I didn't realize what my, how the effect of my actions had on yeah. these people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And 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 you can you, we have templates for the level of sorry sorriness that you actually feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I think it, I think he needs, we need a live telecast. He should be able to. He should have to read his own letter. I don't want to read his like declaration. Yeah. <laughs> he should have You're to. You're making read it. me work for his apology. Yeah, uh, I like the idea of public humiliation for these types of community crimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not like. We don't need to put them in jail. We don't need to like ruin their lives. I mean, arguably, you could, I guess you could argue that, like, depending on, I mean, and you'll never be able to answer this, but like how much they spread yeah, COVID, I mean, you could have ruined like other people's lives. You, you very well could have. I mean, like, if person X doesn't go to this ridiculous party, person yeah. X doesn't infect their grandmother who doesn't die. I mean, yeah. like, there's, yeah. there's certainly a line that you could draw from their yeah. party directly to a funeral parlor, but, you know. Um, I had a little out of, you know, that's kind of 3D thinking. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I think you can play that game, but it, ne- it doesn't really get the investigation anywhere. But I do like the idea of public humiliation. And I, I had this idea of like whatever annual parades we have, we should have a shame float. Oh, I love it. I was thinking about like the walk of shame for, from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Now that's like a little extreme. <laughs> yeah. They don't need to throw shit at people. Yeah. They yeah, don't need to be yeah. naked. Yeah. They don't need to be naked. It doesn't need to be like, like have this, all this weird, like biblical stuff tied into it. Just a shame float. Yeah. That would make parades so much better. Yeah. In the long run, I think if we just had, everyone would wait for that parade. Like, like, you know, no one cares about your car dealership parade. No yeah. one cares about the high school cheerleading team. <laughs> I want to see the shame flow and that's the one we spend the most money on. We make it extravagant. And then like, I don't know, maybe you have a thing. You can, you can theme the shame flow. You can, they can all be in costumes yeah. that are all, you know, that, uh, abide with the theme and maybe we throw water balloons or something harmless. Yeah. You know, soft fruit, so- <laughs> <laughs> maybe not soft fruit. We do water balloons. It's a, it's a summer thing. It's a summer event. What is a soft fruit? What's a fruit soft enough that you'd let someone throw it at you? Uh, maybe like a overly ripe tomato. All right. That's the classic, right? Like for like vaudeville days. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe a banana without the peel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? I can see it. (laughs) Peeled fruit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, it it was funny because we, when we uh, were covering this type of stuff last year, they did like everyone that did this in Utah County did have that stop me. Like Mm -hmm. watch me, watch me get away with this. Yeah. And they were like putting out videos about it and all this stuff. And it's funny because yeah, like if these guys formed an LLC and threw this under that LLC, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you can get away with under like a, you know, a limited liability corporation. That's more like your realm. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like you're going to have to face the consequences as you know, the owners of that entity. Um, what are the ethical lines of a GoFundMe? 
for paying you know, for, for legal costs. I think that this one's over the ethical line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one is like, they're not asking to like pay part of it. Like they're, they're straight up like lay out all of their fees, including their yeah. pretty expensive lawyer fee. I think their lawyer was $10,000 <sighs> and it's like, bro, you got a class B misdemeanor. Like yeah. I hired a lawyer that charged like 500 an hour. Like yeah. <laughs> that's what you do when you got a class B misdemeanor. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know. This is definitely over that line, though. Yeah, and I yeah. think that people, the general public, would feel the same, given that they are they only they have five thousand yeah. out of their seventy five thousand yeah. dollar goal. And that's and I think that's it. That's 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 a great example of democracy in action. Mm-hmm. And I think I think when you're talking about legal fees, some people do like get fucked by the system for sure. And I think when you present that circumstance, people are willing to help out. Um, but if you go into an attitude, that's the whole thing. Like if you go into this, like, oh, we're going to do this and we don't care what anyone thinks and we're going to have this cool rebel attitude about it. And then you have the fees and you're like, then you have, you know, you put your hat out <laughs> yeah. asking for like people to get you out of this. It's funny. They could get thousands of people to show up to an event during a pandemic. But, you know, when they need those people support, they're, they're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody allegedly, allegedly. That's the, oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly, the, the Salt Lake <laughs> Tribune must—they probably got way close on the, uh, the record of using allegedly in an article. Good yeah. lord, how yeah. many times they say allegedly in that thing? Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, Governor Cox is begging Utah to come together and change its behaviors to combat uh, what I like to—I'm starting to call summer inversion. Uh, yeah. which is to say just the inevitable smoky hell that is wild, wildfire wildfire season. Um, the governor warns that if this trend continues uh, this year, we could see the worst wildfire losses in the history of Utah because of the lack of water from the spring runoff this year. Uh, sparking a fire will take little human action, and there have already been 227 wildfires, all but eight were sparked by humans so far. So that's that where we're crazy. at this year. Yeah, it's and I saw a comparison to last year, and it was like 84. So yeah, 84 yeah, yeah. to 227 is pretty yeah. bad. So they're already looking at it like a growing trend. And so uh, governor's office is starting to freak out a little bit, mm-hmm. as they should. Uh, so the governor's uh, asking Utahns to take part in a new wildlife or wildfire uh, education campaign called Fire Sense. Uh, when I was actually prepping for this, the website was down. <laughs> oh, yeah I, yeah. I also tried to go and yeah. there was no... I checked it again and I think it's up at this point. But it's got, you know, your basic like, here's what you do and don't do. Mm-hmm. When it's and honestly, like so much of it is just common sense. Yeah, like the biggest things that they were pointing out in this article that they didn't want Utahns to do were to basically mess around with fireworks and to mess around with guns mm-hmm. in dry areas. And I know that, like, when as soon as you start talking about, you know, your rights, I don't know yeah. if there's a people that take uh, a Second Amendment attitude towards fireworks. I don't know how. I feel like they probably do. Honestly, (laughs) there's yeah, there's got to be people out there that like don't take away, and also that's just tied into the Fourth of July. Yeah, it's like you know that's how uh, that's how the tribe Utah is going to pay for their legal fees is they're going to throw a firework and gun party this summer (laughs) for ten dollars. Burn down half the state. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, no. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, um, so yeah, those are those are two of the biggest things that they're asking. Utahns not to do this year and and I'm, and I'm wondering is that are those two things that we like necessarily need like uh, like the, what they're not asking people to stop shooting their guns mm-hmm. they're saying don't go to like well first of all the bureau of land management has already issued yeah like where they're like we're increasing fines don't do it it's super dry out there um 
but for lands like not managed by the Bureau of Land Management, like do we like there's ranges mm-hmm. like that you can go to and shoot guns. And I know that you probably can't shoot every type of gun. Yeah. But you know, it, it's a it's a tough year. Maybe maybe the the fifty caliber sniper sniper rifle, you know, has to stay in the the, uh, the garage this just year. Just go during winter. Yeah, just go during winter when it's all wet. To answer um, your question, no, I don't I don't think we we need guns and fireworks also you know and i mean need mm-hmm. is this the key word there i mean yeah, yeah. we obviously don't need those yeah, things yeah, yeah. i mean like all you're gonna get is like some happy cats and dogs around in the month of july you know what i yeah. mean it does suck that like right about when it really gets to be bad is when all of our fireworks are going to be going mm-hmm. off yeah so and the thing is too is like one consumer fireworks for the most part kind of suck like mm-hmm. anything that's happening on the ground is pretty uninteresting. Like I on like little fountains that you yeah. shoot up. Like I don't really like I don't care about that, any of that stuff. I want loud displays. And yeah, yeah, yeah l- really loud, l- like loud stuff like that. Bottle rockets. I mean, bottle rockets are fun for like causing havoc when you're young. Mm-hmm. Like that's fun. But like if you use a bottle rocket properly, it is the most boring firework yeah. in the world. <laughs> it's just loud. It's a firecracker <laughs> it goes that's like bam. ten feet taller. Yeah. yeah, it's a firecracker <laughs> put up there. And uh I I do like fireworks, but I only like displays now. Like I want yeah. the display. And I think there's a way that you can have that type of display in these situations because it's under like control of professionals. Mm-hmm. Like they know where they're lighting them off whether they wet the ground or what, whatever precautions they take to put on that type of display. I think that that can happen, but people just need to let go of just the most mediocre fireworks, yeah. like lighting them in camping grounds and in cer- certain dry spots. Like we honestly don't need that. What happened? Aerials didn't used to be legal here. Yeah, that was, was that like early 2010s that they, I think they decided so, to yeah. make it legal? And even then, I, I think they're still a little watered down from the type mm-hmm. of aerials that you would get from like Evanston. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I think there are still kind of restrictions on it, but yeah, those, yeah, they, they, they legalize those. And, but even like, I, I remember going to, um, allegedly to go, going to parties <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that my dad, you know, threw in, in our backyard, just in Ogden mm-hmm. and, and, you know, he, him and his pals would go up to Evanston and, you know, get, fireworks in a keg and light we would light mortars off in the backyard yeah and we've we've had like cops stop by and they're oh, just looking like they don't really care yeah it's like whatever and uh so like people have always just kind of lit mortars off in their backyards but that's because that's the coolest stuff like no yeah. one other than that like who cares and it also mm-hmm. like context is important your dad lives in a neighborhood not on a mountainside yeah, like the true. mountainside yeah, yeah, yeah. is where like this really gets hairy is like when you got idiots yeah. in alpine yeah, lighting yeah. fireworks and lighting an entire yeah. mountain on fire and just like the idea of that the, even thinking even if like it was a like we had a good spring run runoff it was like a heavy winter and 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 the land was really wet it would still seem crazy to light fireworks off in a forest, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like I, camping that doesn't ever seem like an option to me. No. And of course, like that's where people want to like shoot guns and stuff. But like most of the campgrounds, like in the vicinity of us right now are like not gun safe. Like yeah. there's just like tons of people and stuff. Uh, so like this, this should be easy. Like, obviously I, I know that in the article, one of the things they mentioned is like uh, being able to start a wildfire is like a, tr- a, ch- a chain dragging underneath a truck mm-hmm. and creating a spark off to the side of the road. And that can just like 
like obviously stuff like that's going to be hard to combat. But like if we're already going to um, have to deal with stuff like that, like we don't need the fireworks and the guns. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like, a you know, guns and fireworks are both pretty cool things. I yeah. like to make things go boom too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have red blood. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just seems like we could probably do without it if this is like our worst year in ages, you know. Yeah. Let's just chill. Yeah. Literally. For sure. Um also coming out of the uh, governor's office. Now this is this is more of a happy note. This isn't like it's not all dire here on the Holy Hive show. Um but 80 or 8,800 8, state employees were working from home during the pandemic and now things are opening back up. Many of them are actually staying put even though offices are opening. Uh, the governor's office of planning and budget says that the benefits of state employees working from home include uh, time efficiency, reducing commutes, millions uh, in savings on decreasing the need for office space, and uh, positive environmental impact. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, like, obviously, we started this podcast in the pandemic, so remote, remote work has, like, come up yeah. before on the podcast. Um, the biggest thing... I wrote a few things down here, but the biggest thing that I actually wanted to talk about in relation to this story was kind of ties into what we were talking about last week. Last week we were talking about the housing crisis and how Utah salaries aren't really keeping up with the price of homes. Mm -hmm. So would, do you think it's a good strategy for companies to be like, we will give you more freedom of time and schedule for less pay. Is that something that like you would be attracted to? No, no, not particularly. <laughs> no. no, I mean, like I live in, I live in a reality where I have both of those things. Like I have a yeah, normal yeah, yeah. pay and I get to work from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if like your thought process is, oh, this is saving us mm-hmm. money because we don't have to rent space. Then yeah. you telling me that I have to accept less is kind of bullshit. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Would you? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't like accept less than what the work that I'm doing is worth. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that having freedom of time is like extremely important and undervalued from both sides. Like I think people are, I mean, and a lot of it is just like the job market. Like people are forced into shitty paying jobs because there's not a lot to offer or you have to have certain qualifications. Got to have a certain four years of experience. Yeah. For a a ground floor job. Exactly. And so uh, I think, you know, Let's say, you know, you, you work the median and they're like, you know, we're not going to give you a raise, but we're going to keep your salary the same and you have to work half of the half as much. You have mm-hmm. to put 20 hours in. I think there's value in that. I don't know how that looks. Yeah. And obviously, anytime you open the door for something like that, every time you open the door to like mend the relationship between like a corporation and a human being that that opens up room for abuse. Mm -hmm. And so obviously it could, it could go many different ways, but I think that's something that's kind of underrated is like, let people work, let people basically carve their, their own schedule and their own habits and manage based on results. Yeah. And not by like, this is how we do it every day. And you got to be at your desk and, um, but like, uh, so you've been working from home pretty much even before the pandemic, like a year before the pandemic. I've been working from home. So I've been working from home full time for about two years. Mm-hmm. And then I would go into the office like two or three times a week before that, mm-hmm. because my company does have an office in Draper. Yeah. Um, but the, most of my company is outside of Utah. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. that doesn't really matter that much. Um, 
And yeah, so I've been working from home for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are things that like you really miss out on. Like there is not like any, in my, in my experience at my company, there's not any like sort of interdepartmental like camaraderie, yeah. you know, like I'm really close and friendly with my team because they're all just like hanging on my Slack sidebar yeah. under yeah, marketing. Yeah. And, sure. But like, I'm not, when I worked in an office, you know, like I was friends with people outside of marketing, friends with people in yeah. all sorts of departments, just by virtue of walking around and like, you know. Yeah. And that's nice. And so like, I do think morale and like kind of like company culture does have to yeah. suffer, suffers a little bit. And mm-hmm. so you just have to like really put the effort into like have like all hands on all hands meetings where like you do yeah. something fun, not like just yeah. for HR training and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, and like retreats and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff is important, I think, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, so like I was, so this was, this came out of uh KSL. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping the, uh, <laughs> the author of this article. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Uh, but you know, KSL, um, being the platform that it is that there was a lot of people in the comments, uh, yeah. <laughs> talking about how, um, this is horrible for state workers because the government is inefficient enough and we've already paid for those office buildings with our tax dollars. So mm-hmm. no, the, that money's just wasted. And there's just like all these comments about, uh, essentially, uh, how inefficient this type of thing is. And I hate that mentality because I think it's on the managers of these offices to cover all of their bases, whether it's morale, uh, communication, like you can give a company slack. It doesn't mean they're good at using it, you know? Yeah. And that's another like really tough thing about like the internet age. And it's kind of like interesting that our culture was just forced into that. Mm-hmm. Cause it like we, it really forced us to figure out how we use these things. And we, we found interesting ways to do it. Like we, we were having our Friday night, you know, beer drinking yeah. things on zoom and we were finding games to play and stuff like that. So even with social stuff, we were able to, to use technology to find out how to, to, to keep doing that in the pandemic. But when it comes to, you know, making sure everyone's on the same page day to day, making sure that when you need to collaborate, everyone's in the same place, um, making sure that everyone's schedule is figured out. And that like at the end of the day that you're getting results. I think there's an, a, a level of freedom that you can give, you know, in, and this, obviously every work industry is different yeah. and every workspace is different and their needs are different. But, um, the, like the office culture of like one nine to five, like I hate that. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's probably the biggest motivation is like break that because ev- ev- like it doesn't, I, and now I think this is true with every industry. Um, I think most of the time, most jobs ebb and flow in the amount of work you have week to week. Some weeks you could be slammed, some weeks you could have nothing. But the idea that like eight hours every single day you have to put in. Yeah. And um and yeah, I think I think people should be collaborating together and people should be uh, you know, going into the office for uh social things. That could be and it doesn't have to be social, like that's where my friends are. I actually hate the whole like we're a family at this office. Yeah. It's like, nah, no, no, I just want, yeah, pay me. Um but it helps to get on like a comfortable level with everyone that you work with Mm because it just makes your work a lot better. Um, So yeah, like there's, it's, it's weird. We, there's like this, this, this hybrid that we're now going into. It's like, okay, we're all going back. It's almost, it's, it's almost like uh, the, the, the visual uh, allegory for this is just the mask thing where like 
now every or every public space that I go into has a mixture yeah. of mask and no mask. And it doesn't bug me anymore. I'm just like, whatever, I'm vaccinated. Oh, yeah. I, I trust yeah. science to do its job. I feel fine. No, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the numbers. They don't seem to be spiking or going anywhere. So I'm not going to get mad about it. But it, the same thing with like the office space. Now people are like, do we come in? Do we not? Like, what's the point mm-hmm. of coming in now? We figured out how to do this remotely. And I think there is like a hybrid, but it's all like on the managers. Like, yeah. don't blame employees for being inefficient. If you have an inefficient employee, either make them efficient or fire them. Like, that's, yeah. you know. That's how it works. And I think, I think, and and we'll kind of get into this with like how old world corporations are working currently, mm-hmm. you know, with another story that we're going to cover a little bit later. But I think there is like, there, there needs to be a hybrid. Um, I guess, uh, oh yeah, another fun question that I wanted to kind of go over in this is like, do you have favorite places that you like to work remotely other than your house? Oh, uh, um, no, Luckily, not, maybe? not really. I mean, no. like it's, it's difficult to say because I've only worked at my house for, mm-hmm. for over, for a little over a year now. Like, cause I used to do the occasional, like I, when I, when the pandemic started, I lived right by Salt Lake Roasting Company. So I'd go work yeah. there sometime. I think they've got a nice little vibe there. Um, but for the most part, I have like a nice desk, a nice monitor. <clears throat> you got nice, your space. I got a you nice like chair. It. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I feel, I feel good at, at my, at my place most of the time. Mm-hmm. I do miss an office, you know, like. There's, there are definitely times where, where I, cause I've made a lot of friends through mm-hmm. that sort of means. And so, yeah, yeah. so it is, it is a bit difficult sometimes to, to socialize. Dan just misses his friends. My, yeah. I just miss my friends. <laughs> Same. Uh, okay. So going back to, uh, I, I honestly should have left that last because now we're going straight back over to the drought. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this story is, uh, involves Lake Powell. This one comes from, uh, KSL as well. And this is actually a really, like, I thought this was a really good in-depth write-up. Uh, John mm-hmm. Hollenhorst over at KSL TV wrote this. It's basically a uh, big look into what's going on down at Lake Powell, which is down in their water levels, like, heavily this year. Um, so Lake Powell is suffering due to uh, Utah's current drought, receiving negative water levels during the spring o- uh, runoff. Usually d- during this time, they see their biggest growth in water levels at Lake Powell, but they are in the negative and it keeps going down. Mm-hmm. And I like the take on this article because it doesn't, it does, it's, it's, it's kind of spelling out both sides of the situation, which is like devastating for half of an audience. Mm-hmm. But for another half of an audience, they're like, this is the best thing that could ever happen to Lake Powell is that we actually drain it. So are you, were you familiar with Lake Powell and like that whole project? Only uh, through you. You've told, you're, yeah. I believe you're the one who told me about the whole Glen Canyon of it all. Yeah. And this is something that I like honestly was so uninformed about until about, I would say about five years ago mm-hmm. when I went down there with some, uh, some work friends and buddy had a boat and it was funny cause I had, they're, they're both like people that love to go to Lake Powell, but they represented kind of both of these sides. Shout out to Chids and Chris, um, <laughs> Chids who loves Lake Powell has a boat, goes down there every year and stuff. And Chris, he's like, a mountain man, yeah. canyoneering junkie, who's like this, you know, this, this canyon belongs in a museum, yeah. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> uh, they, they, they're kind of, and I got kind of both sides of that from them. And I, you know, I went going down there. It's like genuinely one of the freakiest and most like beautiful places that you could ever go to. And I had a blast going through it via water, but I did some research into Glen Canyon, you know, and if you don't know, like Lake Powell is a man-made reservoir mm-hmm. and it's part of a dam, the Glen Canyon Dam, uh, 
that and that dam services water down into what they call the three basin states, which is California, Nevada, and uh, Arizona, the lower basin states. So it provides water downstream for them, and also the uh, the the dam can generate power. So mm-hmm. they also generate power. I don't know if that goes to all three of those states, but generates power down there somehow. And they said that like you know if it, it can get low enough to where the the power generating uh, force is just like not there anymore. Yeah. So like that's not viable. So that power might go away here in the next uh, couple of years as well. Uh, but before they dammed up Lake Powell, that was just the Colorado River, and it would just run through these canyons down there. And this was until I think the late 60s when they the project actually started to uh, go into effect with the Glen Canyon Dam. Now, I'm kind of reading, I'm doing this come from memory. We didn't super research this. 65. Like, uh, 65. Okay, cool. Right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, and uh, there's not a lot of, like, documentation of Glen Canyon before then. It was kind of like, you know, the people that go way out into the desert. Not mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like a campground spot. And it was like this little slice of the Grand Canyon. Obviously, that goes you know, towards the Grand Canyon. Yeah. But it was like this little slice of the Grand Canyon that we had in Southern Utah. And it was just like, like just the tallest walls of like these giant slot canyons and not even like slot canyons. Like you're struggling to get through it. Like slot canyons that are like a mile wide, Mm -hmm. but you have these tall walls on each side and arches going across. And there was a lot of like, uh, like native American relics down there. And, there was just like this whole ecosystem down in this canyon and now it's all underwater because they decided to dam it up mm-hmm. and it's basically servicing, you know, water sport recreation yeah. And, yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, like I, I did have fun when I was there and we had a little boat, so we were able to kind of get into some of the nooks of uh, Lake Powell and it's it's really insane, but I do wonder what it would be like if, if it wasn't dammed up currently. Yeah, I've never personally... Um been invited on any sort of Lake Powell boating trip. <laughs> if anybody wants to invite me sometime, I'm You're more than happy. I mean, I get, get in while the getting's good. Yeah, I got to bring my <laughs> 70 SPF sunscreen, but yeah. <laughs> but I'll but I'll join you. So I mean, I like hiking, and it sounds yeah, like you could a do a lot of a lot of hiking down there. So I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's 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 really quite interesting. Um, yeah, because I like like you said, like I had no idea until you informed me. Mm-hmm. Um, about all of that. And isn't that kind of, um, and I could be going off way, way wrong here, but isn't that kind of what like the whole monkey wrench gang yes, sort of yeah, stuff yeah. is about? So yeah, that Edward Abbey book that they, they kind of based that Ken Sanders beer collection mm-hmm. on the like Fisher beer collection that they did earlier. That was based on a book called the monkey wrench gang. And Edward Abbey was a uh, conservationist, uh, nature enthusiast specific to like the Southern United States desert. Mm-hmm. And he has another book called desert solitaire, which is more of like his own meditations and essays on his time, like roaming the desert. And, but he wrote a, a fiction book called the monkey Ranch gang. And it's about a group of environmentalists who essentially, I think plot to like blow up that dam. Yeah. You know, and it's like some, some crazy like eco terrorist shit, Love it. but it's pretty funny. Um, and it's, and I think it's written in kind of a satirical tone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's where that comes from. And there has been like this growing like mentality among like, especially a lot, a lot of people in Utah 
because, you know, we have actually like a huge environmentalist following, I guess, Mm -hmm. or community here in Utah. Um, And part of this article actually talks to a lot of the conservationists who are boating down there and excited to be boating down there because the water levels were so low that it was revealing rock structures that hadn't been seen in so long. And uh, also there was a part of the article where they talked about like they went on this like little boat trip to check out these different parts and they went into this this place called the Cathedral in the Desert. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just like this beautiful area with like a waterfall and these high canyon walls and the, the it mentions in the article that when they got around to this cathedral he just like pulled out a flute and started playing it <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> like hell yeah we got some characters here in utah yeah um but uh yeah it, may, it makes me makes me wonder like what we probably lost because you know we th- there might still be arches down there that are like intact and stuff but like red rock is not like it's not a hard stone Mm-hmm. It can be ground away pretty easy and eroded pretty easily. Yeah. So I bet like a lot of Glen Canyon is, I don't think, uh, I think we can rehabilitate it, but it can, we can never like preserve what was there. Yeah. Like if that's gone. And uh, I also just had the thought, if they ended up draining Lake Powell, what kind of uh, potential would that, or opportunity would that give us in, in terms of like metal detecting, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, for real. I mean, I feel like, I feel like at the bottom of Lake Powell, it's just like tons of beer cans <laughs> yeah, and like maybe a few bodies <laughs> and probably, yeah. I know they said in the article, they said like, uh, just an abandoned old boat, like yeah. an abandoned sunken ship was found yeah. down there. Which I, think, is I think there's like, there's gotta be like a, a handful. Pretty metal. And there's probably a lot of myths about uh, stuff that's actually down yeah. at the bottom of Lake Powell because it's like it's insanely deep. It's a canyon mm-hmm. that they filled up. It's like if you filled up parts of the Grand Canyon with water, which is why boating is having such a hard time right now because their lawn tramps basically go off cliffs. Yeah. And so it's funny. They said the surface area of the lake hasn't dwindled that much because, it, it you know, there's not a lot of beaches. It's just canyons. So when the water level goes down, it literally just goes straight down. Yeah. And it'll keep its shape, but it'll just go straight down because it's a canyon. And so you basically have to, like, push your boat off of a cliff to get it into the water it. now. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I, I really don't. I don't. It's extreme boating now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a, a lot of, I guess, emotional connection to the boating thing. I've, I've been down there boating, and it is really fun. I think there's a lot of other places to boat. But, like, I think... There's a lot of potential for what that area could be recreationally to Utahns if there wasn't a lake there. Because sure. who has access to a boat? Yeah. Like out of everyone in Utah, does everyone have access to a boat? I um, don't know a single person with a boat. Yeah. I know people who have access <laughs> to boats, but I don't know a single person who owns a boat. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I think I think it'd be cool if they, if they do drain it. Let's go metal detecting. Let's do it. All right. So... Uh, Utah, back in the national news. Um, wow, this was this was so weird and felt very close to home. I know. This whole uh, John Oliver debacle. So for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Last Week Tonight, it's kind of a daily show, political satire mm-hmm. uh, talk show that's hosted by John Oliver um, on HBO. Really funny. And, you know, since they're not on, they're, they're on cable, they can, you know, kind of, you know, really sharpen their knives against mm-hmm. some of these, uh, uh, these issues. Uh, but this week, uh, they usually do like an extended segment that, that covers one single, single issue and they dive pretty deep on it. And this week they were diving into, uh, local news and the role that local news plays in the public trust. 
And that involves uh, their tactics for sponsored content. Now, what they were criticizing on this uh, on, on this episode of Last Week Tonight was the idea that sponsored content um, was A, not the, the, the sponsored content that local news was putting out was A, not making itself clear to mm-hmm. the viewer. So there's FCC laws saying that if you are selling something or if you are being paid to push a product, you have to let the viewer know, which seems like reasonable. Like, yeah. yeah, you should probably tell people when you're selling stuff. And we see how dangerous that can be when that line gets blurred on the internet because yeah. there are, the internet's the Wild West. You don't have to do Absolutely. any of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, criticizing, uh, the, you know, le- letting people know that they're selling the content and then criticizing the, the, the sales practices of the content that they are actually pushing which involves a lot of uh, medical devices and basically what they call snake oil, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff that is not FDA regulated, stuff that doesn't deliver the results that it promises and basically robs people of a lot of money. Um, And in the segment, he called out two of our local stations. Yeah. So he called out KUTV and ABC4. And... Uh, the teeth really came out <laughs> at the end of the segment when uh, the production staff of uh, last week tonight invented a fake product, which what was it like a sexual wellness blanket? Yeah, it was, it was, it was basically like a minky couture blanket that yeah. <laughs> that, that promoted sexual wellness. Yeah, and they developed like a fake technology. So they mm-hmm. were like, it's full of magnets. Like it was like yeah. the dumbest shit ever. They're like, we got a blanket. It's full of magnets and it, you know, like it, it'll, it, you know, it helps vaginal secretion or whatever yeah. like that. Like it was just this totally far-fetched product. Uh, John, the people at HBO and their production team made a fake website and then they hired an actress to push this product on various local news stations to see if they got on. And they got on ABC4 and they yeah. promoted this product. Now, I don't watch, uh, so what was the show? Good Things Utah? Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't, yeah, I don't watch that. I've seen it before and it does, it, it does po- kind of position itself as that type of like daytime, like we're going to look at recipes, we're going to look mm-hmm. at health and wellness products and stuff like that. And a lot of it is paid content. Like people are paying uh, to have their products on the show. And they even like dove into like how news stations package that stuff to be sold off as like, um, like brand integration. Like they sell it as, Hey, we're kind of blurring the line between, uh, your brand and the suggestions of our newscasters. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a huge egg on ABC four's face, uh, that they, that they pushed, uh, John Oliver's fake vagina blanket <laughs> yeah uh KUTV got like a really kind of quick blow and then move on yeah i think he specifically made fun of the anchor yeah um, yeah but then like abc4 yeah popped up earlier in the segment yeah yeah and then made their grand appearance with the sexual wellness mm-hmm. blanket um and at the end he he mentioned all of the prices they paid for each of the the places that that spotlight the blanket, which was uh-huh. Denver, Austin, Texas, and Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. Uh, and Salt Lake City was cheaper by a decent margin. It was it yeah. was the easiest to get on monetarily speaking. Yeah, and and yeah, it was it was a really pretty bad look. I felt. Yeah, and uh, other than the Salt Lake Tribune, which is the article that I pulled a lot of my info. I mean, obviously, I watched the segment, which you can find on YouTube right now. Just search last week tonight, and it'll pop up. Um, but I, I I did pull an article from. Uh, Salt Lake Tribune, and at, other than them, local media pretty quiet about this. Yeah, well, it's because yeah. they're all getting called out for it. Yeah, nothing but crickets. And, uh, you know, I, I've kind of felt bad because they did kind of uh, 
point directly at a, at a newscaster who hosts uh, Good Things Utah mm-hmm. now. I mean, there is a little bit of personal responsibility with the kind of people, the, the kind of things that you do. I understand people are just, you know, it's it, it, she's a she's a local talent. Yeah, she needs a gig. She's going to do a gig that she gets paid for. So 100%. I don't I don't want to put the blame like totally on like newscasters. And I don't think it's necessarily newscasters or or a local journalist's job to be like, you know, whistleblower to the max. Yeah. You know, they have to be like. I I just think it, we need to put the pressure more on the leaders of these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, in their in their ethics when it comes to like content and sponsorships and stuff like that. So like just from the stuff that they covered in this segment, do you think what they're doing is ethically wrong? It's definitely a fine line. Yeah. Um, and that fine line is, is the fine print, you yeah. know, that says sponsored content because when they don't make it obvious, I mean, the underlying implication of the mm-hmm. entire episode is that they're basically duping old people because I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't know many people our age that, you know, no. like we, we've discussed this before, but our generation and the generations surrounding us mm-hmm. are just kind of ingrained with this skepticism because of the internet, I think. And some of us are idiots and fall for stupid things. Yeah. I include myself in that sometimes, for sure. you know, Coney 2012 was only nine years ago, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, Flashbacks. but like, I don't know. Like I, it definitely feels like those, the people that these products are aimed towards anyway, erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Um, there was the one, the one that like where the FCC came after, uh, some Utah company. Oh, for, was it the vagina lasers? No, it was the, well, that probably too. Yeah. But no, it was, oh, it was the Huntsman Cancer Institute, like got hit with a pretty big FCC fine. And like, they have like a, during their sponsored content, there's a guy that literally says, if you're going to have cancer, now's the time, now's the time to have it. There's no better time. And, and ultimately like what they were doing was kind of touting the technology that the Huntsman Institute has to treat cancer and the, the cancer survivor that they were interviewing, they basically... And you know how these packages are put together. These news packages are shot on the fly. Mm-hmm. There's minimal prep. A lot of the time, the people that you're talking to on the streets don't know like that they're going to be doing this ahead of time. And then they cut out the smallest segments. Yeah. Like They make fun of this on sitcoms all the time. Yeah. Um, where someone will talk for four minutes about something and they'll use a 15-second blurb from it. And so... That at that point, the blame is all on the news station. Yeah, where it's like that's the blurb you used was there's that guy probably didn't mean that, but now they're like that's the perfect thing to sell what we're going for. Like mm-hmm. we got to appease the client, the cancer institute citing giving us a check. We're gonna say it's no, there's no better time than now to yeah. get cancer, which is just insane, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But uh, I do think yeah. that that's like where the ethical questions come in, though. It's just like that blurred line between news and paid programming, mm-hmm. because an infomercial is not a news, you know, a news reel. Like, and so, and I could be wrong here, so I apologize if I am. But I believe the woman that works for ABC Four um, is both a newscaster and does their yeah. sponsored content. I think Which is, yeah. that's where it really gets a bit troubling is like mm-hmm. if if I'm watching news and I look at my phone or something and then I come back and the same person that was just giving me like the actual like news mm-hmm. is now selling me like an erectile dysfunction dildo. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that's where the the kind of issue lies, I think. I actually think they pointed this out in the segment that not only is she a newscaster, but she's their medical correspondent. That's right. So she, That's right. she handles all of their medical news and stuff like that, which, yeah. yeah, that is definitely a blurred line. And I saw someone from, I think they worked for KSL on Twitter, mm-hmm. say, you know, like, I think this is getting blown out of proportion. 
uh, everyone knows that Good Things Utah is not a, a, uh, an actual news show. And I'm like, but it's coming from the entity that gives you the local news. Yeah. And they, they have, um, they have cross collaborations with local talent and stuff like that. And that line is definitely blurred. And yeah, I think it's something that is specifically targeted to old people. One, because like who our age watches yeah. the local news. I tried for the sake of this show. I tried, <laughs> I got YouTube TV. I watched the, I could not do it. Yeah. I was like, I'd rather just consume this through the articles. Like I, I, I hated the production. They're, they're just like, they're not trying to evolve. And this is like, this is bleeding into their sales strategy too. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's worked, I, I work in radio adjacent media. Like I've seen what happens when sales runs the content strategy. And when sales runs the content strategy, first of all, it's crazy to me that this is the case, but entertaining the public doesn't come into question. Like yeah. actually holding someone's attention or you know what, if it's not pure entertainment, which I mean, it's kind of what the whole outrage culture is about is like people are at the end of the day, people are entertained by that. Yeah. But like, if you're not going to provide someone with entertainment, provide them with substance or like information that's relevant that they need. Um, that kind of goes out the window and it's like, no, nah, we just got to We got to get people to sign us checks. Mm-hmm. And that's why you like, you, that's why you don't see like Traeger grills on good things. Utah <laughs> yeah. Traeger doesn't need your janky ass TV station to push their grills. They're like, they got their social media game really sharpened. They can do everything on the internet. They prefer, like, they make their own content. Yeah. You give one person a Traeger grill and all their neighbors can smell it. Yeah. You're yeah. good. <laughs> if the, if the weird vibrating boner machine that they're selling on, on ABC four, they start an Instagram page. Everyone's going to laugh at it. Yeah. And that's like, it's honestly for, for snake oil, uh, you know, sellers, that's like really their only outlet. Mm-hmm. Like, cause the bullshit, if you take it on the internet, people are going to call that bullshit out pretty yeah. quick. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think, I think a lot of, uh, and, and there are corners of the internet, uh, especially like, with a lot of, uh, and now I'm not going to say that this isn't the case on the, the liberal side of media too, but on a lot of conservative media that appeals to like older people, mm-hmm. there is a lot of this on the internet, like yeah. when they're trying to sell products. Um, and it does seem kind of predatory, but I'm, I'm wondering if the people at ABC4 specifically, like, are they predatory? Like, do they know that this is wrong? Or do they think that their sales tactics are just so outdated that they're just ignorant to the way that people take in things now? It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be just like chill on the fence, but like, it just seems yeah. like, like what you're saying, like they're just playing ball the way that they have always played ball. Mm-hmm. And so like when those, when those systems aren't trying to evolve and grow, you're just kind of gonna, you know, cause I would, I would bet like 10 years ago, the sponsored content wasn't all erectile dysfunction. It seems like every podcast ad is also erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Maybe I should stop listening to sports podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But, yeah, it's true. But, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, yes and no, I think that corporations, you know, are at the whim of the people running them. And so like, you can't necessarily blame the corporation, but you also don't want to blame like the newscaster. The individual. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it is tough, but yeah, it's obviously, somewhat of an issue i'm not saying yeah. that this is like you know burn them down it's yeah. not like yeah it's just it's it's one of those it's it's one of those things that really can only be handled in i guess what you would call the social contract which is like 
I mean, I guess we could put up laws, but then you're getting in like t- into the, like the internet of it all. Yeah. And, and I actually liked the way that John Oliver put it. He said they're they're finding ways to abide by the FCC regulations, but like abuse the spirit of them. Mm-hmm. Like, which is these these FCC regulations are in place to protect the public from predatory sales, essentially. Yeah. And that if you can check the boxes that allow you to do it this way, but you kind of mix things up so you can just you can still get that deception across then you're abusing the spirit of it and that needs to be looked at in some way yeah and speaking of looking at i um i thought i saw a follow-up piece by deadline.com that mentioned that kind of mentioned this episode and that a few of these places were going to look into their their practices Mm -hmm. um the the uh, spokesperson for the Austin TV station yep. kind of defended them pretty well, I think, and the spokesperson for the Denver station did the same, and they both said that they were going to look into the to the issue and see if there was anything they that they could do about it. And it was notable that the uh, that ABC Four had not returned their request for comment. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. <laughs> and I think uh, so. Just as this last point about this whole this whole story is, I think a big a big way that you could solve this problem is if that more of our local news stations were locally owned. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing is like when it, when the people who call all the shots in these entities are too far removed from the community, then they don't care. Like yeah. it's not, they look at a spreadsheet and that's how they run their company. And a lot of our local news stations are not owned by people who live here in Utah and aren't guided by people that live here in Utah. Now, there are local news stations who are owned by people in Utah and they are still like deploying those practices. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, the solution kind of starts there and like, you know, in the, that's the whole spirit of kind of what we're trying to do here is we're trying to create, like, obviously we're not trying to replace the local news. Dan and I don't think of ourselves as like journalists. Yeah, I'm not a journal. <laughs> we're talking about like, we're, we're, we're trying to reference facts about Lake Powell off of like Wikipedia on our laptops right in front of us. Yeah. We're not journalists. We're not trying to do that, but I think there's a level of media um, or or a way that the media can act for act as a tool for the community where you're, you're getting people engaged and keeping them informed and fostering like a productive discussion. And I think like media can do that. And again, I don't think, or I don't think there's like anything wrong with selling sponsored content. There's nothing wrong with that inherently, like making money off your content. In fact, you should, how are you going to keep like a news station open? Absolutely. Or like, and and in full transparency, we intend to make money off of what we're doing here. Like we're trying to aim that way, but we want to do it in a way that a focuses on, uh, the local economy. So small businesses here in Utah, um, and you know, maybe something more oriented towards like uh, um, supporter donations and things like that. So kind of a mixture, like you can have ads, but make them ads for companies that work here in Utah. Yeah. There's an ethical line that you can find there and there's nothing wrong with like selling advertising. And in fact, I think people love advertising, but advertising has been in this like creative, Mm -hmm. you know, or strategic rut. And I always said like, Advertising or commercials would be, be a lot better if every day tre- if everyone treated like every day like it was the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like it, the Super Bowl ads are fun to watch, and if people treated advertising like that on a day to day basis, it would work better. Yep. Um, 
It's funny that like yeah. car insurance companies are the only companies trying. I know, like. yeah. Like Progressive and Geico get a laugh out of me, <clears throat> like one out of every three commercials, I bet. Pretty, yeah, Geico has almost become like an internet troll. Yeah. Like to the point where like I'll go to YouTube and I'll, 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 I'll pick a video and an ad will come up and – It'll be weird enough that I'm like, what the hell is this? And yeah. all of a sudden it's like Geico. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. I can't remember if it was Geico <laughs> or Progressive, but the French vanilla, Rocky Road, <laughs> yeah. chocolate peanut butter cookie dough. <laughs> yeah. I love that commercial. <laughs> yeah. So like people like that shit. Like you just, you know, lo no, local ads yeah. are bad. And really bad. And and also stuck in this rut to where like that's an, another big part of why I can't do like the local news stuff. Like commercials are just so beyond my habits now. Mm -hmm. um, but like the only people buying local advertising other than like these huge institutions like the Utah Jazz or whatever are like tiny car dealerships, uh, check cashing places. HVAC. Uh, HVAC. Yeah. Siegfried and Jensen. Yeah. <laughs> and like all like successful companies, successful local companies, like aren't using that. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to see pretty bird chicken advertise yeah. on TV. It's not going to happen because everyone's moved on from that. And I think that, that, that still has a place in our society, but they're just not doing it right. Yeah. They're, it's it, like, they're not even trying. And so while, yeah, I don't think we should crucify all of our media outlets and definitely not like people that work for them, like individuals, um, I think they, they need a little pressure to evolve. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what we can do. We can try to put on a little pressure. The heat is on. We got advantages. Like we're on the internet. We can say naughty words. We can. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> we can be really uh, transparent with like stuff that we do. We don't have bad habits already. Um, so I think we can find ways to make local media both like, first of all, beneficial and like healthy to consume. So we're not going to like, we're not going to just sit here and talk about violence constantly yeah. or outrage politics or anything like that. Like droughts. we want to talk about dumps. Yeah. We talk about droughts, but mostly to get to the point of like the possible metal detection potential that Lake Powell has, if we drain it, that's right. Like it's all, it's it, every, every dire story is leading towards something fun. <laughs> or at least we hope so. Um, and speaking of which, let's end this podcast with some 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 fun talk about stuff that's going on this weekend. I really only had one thing, which was this busker fest. Yeah, that's going on. It downtown. sounds like a blast. I'm I'm honestly pretty sad that I'm not going to be here. I'm going to go here for it. So if you guys don't know, bus like well this this is kind of coincides with something else that's going on downtown, which is like the open is they call it open streets. I think it's open streets. Yeah, they're going to close off, and we've talked about this on past podcasts. They 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 close off uh, Main Street from South Temple to Fourth South, I think. And other than the tracks being gated off, mm -hmm. that whole street is open to walk around and just, it just like increases foot traffic and they're trying to drum up business for all of the, 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 the local shops and stuff down there. Um, but Busker Fest kind of ties in with that. And basically all weekend they're going to have like mimes, clowns, stunt performers, magicians. Sword swallowers. Sword swallowers. Yeah. Like love that it. type of cool shit. Like I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go. I love how the first, the first words to describe open streets is closed off. Yeah. <laughs> to get open streets, you got to close yeah, off yeah, the close streets. Off. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when God closes one street, he opens another. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I hope you have fun in uh, helper. We'll have to talk about the stuff that you do. I hope you have fun at open streets. Yeah. I'm going to go to Busker Fest and watch someone swallow a sword. It's going right. to be a blast. 
thanks for uh, tuning in this week. Um, sorry again that we're not on YouTube. This is the last week that we're going to do audio only. So we'll be back on YouTube with the video next week. Uh, until then, follow us at our new uh, Instagram and Twitter handles at Oddly Utah. There's a little tease. We'll be going into we'll be going deep as to what that project is all about next week. And if you feel brave, you can follow uh, Oddly Utah on TikTok as well. But there's yeah. no promises there. Yeah, yeah, we're still working on this. Uh, yeah, feel, yeah, definitely feel like an old guy rolling into the TikTok scene. Absolutely. We'll see how that goes. Uh, so yeah, follow Oddly Utah social media, subscribe wherever you get this podcast and we'll see you next week.